Well, hi, everybody. My name is Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here at Providence. And it is so great to get to be with you guys and welcome to you who are worshiping with us online. We're so glad that we get to be connected in this way. I hope that everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, that you really did like have moments to just be able to, to breathe and enjoy um, whoever it was that you're with, family, friends, um, and just the, the beauty of God. So I don't want to accelerate you too fast, but um, like one month from now, we're going to be gathering together for our Christmas services. So we want to let you know when they are, and so you can be making plans for that. And the reason that we want you to consider making plans already a month out in advance for Christmas is that we are expecting a lot of guests that weekend. We always have a lot of guests on Christmas Eve uh, services, and so we want to make sure that we have room for them when they come. So it really helps us to plan. If you would take a moment to go online and select one of our services. We have one on Saturday and four services on Sunday, which is actually Christmas Eve. All the services will be the same. Um, so if you can kind of get together, uh, select which one of those services you'll be attending, how many of you will be coming, you can go to prov.church slash save your seat and let us know. It sounds like a small thing, but it's really important and helpful for us to be able to, to have guests come that weekend. You also heard last weekend that our Christmas offering um, was announced. And um, if you've been around Providence much, you know this is something that we really highly anticipate because it's our biggest offering that we have every single year. And 100% of the offering is given away to ministry partners that, that God has kind of um, allowed us to walk beside. And so this year's ministry partners receiving the Christmas offering will be Hananiah House and Compassion International. Uh, Hananiah House is right here in the Nashville community. It is a house uh, for women who have been incarcerated and are transitioning um, back, back into the rest of the world in this next season of their life. It's a really, really beautiful ministry that walks alongside these women. And today it's been one house with six women um, who have, have been incarcerated and are in, in this program. In the coming year, it'll expand to three houses serving 16 women. I, I just talked to Angela, the head of that ministry, and she said that they always have a waiting list and it's just kind of a matter of timing of the women being released from prison and having this opportunity. So we're gonna um, help to make that happen this next year through the Christmas offering. The Compassion International, is a kind of a new partnership for us and we are going to be partnering with them in a community in Peru where we'll be beginning a compassion center and in the center of this, of this uh, community, there will be a social worker, medical assistance, support for parents, and, and uh, teacher, Bible teachers who come and teach about Jesus in this community. And it'll allow us to be present with kids, especially from be before the time they're born. So providing help for, for pregnant moms all the way through uh, birth and the raising of children. So we can get an opportunity for the next several years to be walking alongside this community. So what we'd love for you to do is, is pray about your offering on Christmas weekend. And it's so fun if you haven't been a part of it before, just to know that you're a part of this enormous thing that God is doing, an outpouring uh, for right here in our community and internationally as well. So please uh, consider that. Um, so we're walking into the season of Ad Advent. Angela mentioned that, that this, is, this is kind of this next four weeks leading up to Christmas. And I've got to tell you, it won't probably sound all that profound, but I love the season of Advent. 
And you're like, yeah, who doesn't, right? But I, like, I love it so much that I have enjoyed, ever since I was a little kid even, enjoyed Advent as much as I enjoy Christmas morning. Just that season of waiting and anticipation. I might, be, might have been a unique kid, but for me, I was that kid who would just go into the dark living room like in the evening or early in the morning and flick on the Christmas lights and just sit in the light of the Christmas tree. Like I really actually in, enjoyed doing that. And so I just, like, I was filled with the Advent spirit as a kid. And somewhere along the road, as I was kind of entering adulthood, I began to hear other adults say different things during the Advent season. And they were things like, we've got to go. We've got to get to be at that place. We've got this party then. We've got to buy this. We've got to make this. We've got to prepare for this. And it felt like a month of like, oh, it's only four weeks. We've got to just kind of rush through this. (laughs) And so I have to remind myself that God didn't come into the world to offer us busyness. God came into the world at Christmas to bring us joy. In fact, that's what the angel said to the shepherds who were watching over their flocks by night. If you know the story from Luke chapter two, the angel said to them, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. That's why Jesus was born at Christmas to bring good news of great joy for all the people in the whole world. The whole world, um, you can like give me an amen if you believe this, the whole world needs good news of great joy. The whole world, the whole world needs it. So over the next four weeks, we're gonna be walking through this story from Luke and we're in Luke as as a church all the way into 2025. So um, we're gonna be walking slowly through it. And we're going to be able to see over the next four weeks how joy entered into the story of the characters of the Christmas story. Some of them you may know. But we're also going to be anticipating how that same joy might enter into our lives right here in 2023. So we're going to jump into it where we left off last week. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I love a good birth announcement as much as the next guy. And now, since like recent years, we've gotten really good and creative at the forms in which we announce that there will be a baby arriving (laughs) into the world, right? Um, You guys are on it. But not a single one of those has topped this one (laughs) to date. And this one's a lot, right? This is a lot. Like, talk about setting high expectations for your yet-to-be-conceived child. (laughs) He will be great, He will sit on a throne. His reign will 
last forever. Nobody's reign has lasted forever. His reign will last forever. His kingdom will not end. This kid has a lot to live up to. Like my parents, I'm pretty sure they were just like, I hope he's a a decent kid and that he moves out of the house eventually. (laughs) This kid has a lot to live up to. And I love the fact that that Mary, it says, was a little troubled. (laughs) She was troubled. Not even at the, at the news yet. She was just troubled that the angel appeared to her, her and, and gave her this, this greeting. She was not expecting this particular news on this particular day. And she was not expecting an angel. And she wasn't even expecting to be expecting. <laughs> now, I remember this like it was yesterday, but it was actually 15 years ago. Uh, Jenny and I went into the first ultrasound appointment of our third pregnancy and we squeezed into this little ultrasound room, um, closet more like, and uh, we went in there and the ultrasound tech joined us and she got out the ultrasound wand and she put it on Jenny's stomach. And this wasn't my first rodeo, so it kinda, like, I knew what to expect. I knew like, where to look, I was gonna look at the monitor and I knew generally the kinds of images I might see come up there. But I didn't even have a chance this time because she, the tech like, took the wand off of, of Jenny and said, asked this question which changed our lives even more than where they were already being changed. You know you're having twins, right? (laughs) Which is like a really casual way of asking a really big question. (laughs) Because the answer to that question was no. (laughs) Up until that moment in time, we didn't know that we were having twins at all. And so Jenny sat up and she said something like, get out. <laughs> um, which ironically or coincidentally, one of those, is, it's the same, the same phrase that she said to me 11 years earlier when I proposed marriage to her. She said, get out. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful story. <laughs> And, and, you know, get out is one of those phrases where it kind of like, it can mean different things in different settings and different contexts, right? Like get out can mean, wow. It can just be like an exclamation of amazement. You can say, get out, right? Or it can mean, you get out. (laughs) And there's a fine art in discerning the difference between what you're hearing (laughs) in any given moment. And so I kind of assuming it was a ladder, I reached for the doorknob, you know, and started backing out of the room. And then the ultrasound tech saved me. She said, you know what? I'll give you guys a moment. And then she left the room instead of me, which was the right, that was the right thing to do. (laughs) So Jenny and I, we looked at each other and we were like, how? And we had, we had other children. We knew how, but we, it was more like, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't a how did this happen. It was a more of a how are we going to do this? How does God think that we are up to this? How is this possible? At that moment in our, in our life, we were actually thinking about and praying about whether or not God was calling us into the mission field. Like we really felt like there might be some kind of a call there. And when I heard the words, the word twins, I looked at Jenny and I said, I think this is our mission field right now. But how does God think that we are up to this? A question that we're still actually asking today. Those kids are in high school now. And we're still asking the question, how are we going to do this? They'll be going to college. How how in the world are we going to do this? 
But the answer really began to come in the couple of weeks after Olivia and Beckett were born. In the early morning hours of juggling bottles and diapers and babies as well, I, I just remember looking at them and knowing that I had everything I needed to walk into that next day that we were facing. It was only through God's mercy and only through God's love. So the answer to the question, how will we do this, is ultimately, God will. How are we going to do this? God will do this. So why do I share that story with you today? It's, it's because it's really my best attempt to grasp what Mary must have been feeling when an angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, naturally, we wonder, how did Mary feel in this moment? Eugene Peterson captured verse 30, where he said, uh, you have found favor with God. Eugene Peterson says it like this, God has a surprise for you. <laughs> I bet she felt a little bit of surprise. When was the last time you felt like really surprised? When was the last time you anticipated that God might actually have a surprise waiting for you? Well, guess what? This Advent season, God has a surprise for you. What Mary experienced was good news, no doubt. Now, whether or not she saw it as good news right in that initial moment, I don't know, and I'm not going to judge her at all. But 16 verses later, again from the message translation, Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. You know, good news is good news. Well, I like good news, you know. I don't care where the good news is coming from. Give me some good news, please. But this was God news given to Mary. This was, you know you're going to give birth to the Son of God, right? <laughs> the Savior of the world, the one who's coming, coming to rescue everyone, to bring light into the darkness. You knew that, right? I want to pay attention to this rhythm that Mary is, is kind of demonstrating for us. First, she received this God news, and then she asked, justifiably, she asked a question. It wasn't really a question of doubt, but it was a question nonetheless. She said, how will this be since I am a virgin? Which is a very biologically sensible question, right, to be asking in this moment. She could see no way, based on her experience up to this point in her life, how an unwed virgin teenage girl could have a baby. And, and notice, she's not like pushing against the plan that's being rolled out for her. She just means, no, how is this possible? How am I going to do this? And I get it. This is a much more profound and potentially unsettling statement than, you know you're having twins, right? Like Mary, like us, Mary had questions. And what's the answer to the question, how will we do this? I just told you, God will. How will we do this? God will. So like it is for us, God was the answer to those questions. If you've ever received God news and you had some questions, you're in really good company. You know, back in Genesis, uh, Sarah laughed when she overheard God telling her husband Abraham that they were going to have a baby in their very old age. 
And Moses questioned the calling that, that was given to him because he had this inability to speak well. And Zechariah questioned a seemingly impossible promise from an angel of God. And all of them asked some form of the same question. How will this be? God news almost always seems impossible. And sometimes it even seems a little bit laughable to us. But the answer in each case is God will be with you. God will. So the angel said to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. So God news comes to us. We ask questions and the answer to the question is God will. But we like to ask questions. And so we say, okay, how will God do it? Here's the answer that we just heard. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be called the Son of God. Now, if you're following me here, I'm saying that this actually involves us as well. So if we're saying God news might come to us, then we're also saying that the child born at Christmas might be called the son of God out in the world because of our lives, because of how we respond to the God news that is given to us at Christmas. And when all that happens, there will be joy for all the people. I'll recap that one more time. Here's what we have to be on the lookout for. God news coming to us. Because here's one, one thing I want you to hear is that more we grow as disciples of Jesus Christ, the more open and aware we are of God's announcements and invitations. That's why we're doing this thing together, church, as we grow as disciples of Jesus, is that we might put ourselves in a position to actually hear from God, to know the invitations of how God wants to change the world even through us. And when we hear those words that God knows, it's okay for us to, to ask questions. But the minute we ask the questions, we should know that the answer is the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And that's the best place to be, like overshadowed by the power of God. For all that Mary learned about God in this encounter that she had with the angel, she learned so much more about herself. She, she learned uh, as she began to believe that God could actually do this thing and could actually involve her. That God would do something amazing and beautiful that would change the entire world in the course of history and that he would do it through her. When she was overpowered by the power of God, she didn't shrink. She didn't have less faith. In fact, she had more faith, increasing deeper faith. And you can find that too. You can find that power which leads to joy. When you are overshadowed by the power of God, your faith will grow and grow and grow. So we're inviting you into this relationship with God that actually has an overpowering effect. And when you are overpowered, you are not made less. You are made to grow in love with God. And through these amazing steps of surrender, the world will know Jesus the child born at Christmas, the son of God. And there will be joy for all people. The God news to Mary is God news to us. God is coming to our rescue. 
I think that might be what I was feeling when I was a little kid sitting in the Christmas lights. I was aware of the darkness of the world. <laughs> Not as much as I am now, but even as a kid, I, I understood that there's like darkness in this world that we're living in. And so I would sit in a dark room under the light of the Christmas tree and experience somehow amazingly this peace and this joy because I knew that the light was coming into the darkness. The light was coming into the world. Now at this point in the story, Mary was about to find out that she wasn't the only one receiving God news in those days. So the angel continued and said, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I love it when, when God does this. Like, it's like he's stacking up these things that seem impossible, but he's making possible. So in this story, we just heard last week, the angel came to Zechariah and Elizabeth and said, you in your old age will have a son and his name will be John and he will prepare the way for the Messiah. And then on top of that, he came to Mary in, an, in another region and said, you will have a child, even though you're a virgin and the child will be the son of God and will reign forever. And I wonder what you might stack on top of that. What impossible thing has God presented to you and made possible in your life? In this long look at the book of Luke that we are in the midst of as a church, we are noticing some key signposts and one of those signposts is that Luke, throughout the book, is just leading us, guiding us towards Jerusalem. And so Mary, after she received this news from God, her very next steps were from Nazareth and into the direction of Jerusalem, because Elizabeth lived nearby. So her next steps were walking in that direction, and she climbed this hill. It was a hill, like all the way up to, towards Jerusalem. And as she was walking up that hill, it was the same hill that the baby that was in her womb would later be crucified on. And then raised from the dead, resurrected into new life so that we might know the way to new life as well. So if this story from a long time ago seems too far removed from your life, I just want you to consider this. The angel Gabriel came to Zechariah, who, who was a member of the priestly family. He was in a different class. He was in a, a higher class. And the angel chose to come to him to announce that John was going to be born. And then after that, same angel travels to Nazareth and appears to this little girl in a nondescript community. And the reason that he did that was because the joy is for all people. Don't think that God couldn't enter into your little story. I don't know what God news is coming your way. I just really suspect that it is. In fact, I know that it is because in this season of Advent, there is a coming joy that is for all the people. I wonder if you might join me in this response. So Mary, here's this God news. And the response that we just read, I wonder if it might be our response this season of Advent. When God comes to us, when God lays out promises and, and seemingly impossible promises before us, 
that we might be able to say, say this with me, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Amen.